What movie did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition. Good, you got all the words. I wrote them all down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> we watched, uh, so we didn't watch the original from 2016, but the 2019 cut, which had, I don't know. It had at least, uh, I think like half an hour more footage. More stuff in it. Yeah. Is usually what you put in an Ultimate Edition is more. More. More footage. More. And if there's one thing we've learned about Zack Snyder is that he more. loves more. Yes, this yes. was three hours and two minutes long of yep. Batman Ving Superman. And other stuff. And other stuff. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I didn't mind this movie. I was in the same boat. Like, this was this was better than Man of Steel by a fair margin. Yeah, yeah. I still have some nitpicks and quibbles and things like that, but I think, like... This gave me hope for the Snyder cut that we're sort of leading up to. Like, yeah. like okay, maybe he can do something when he has unlimited whatever. Like, the, the sort of ridiculousness of it. Because this was still ridiculous. Yes, and there were still things that happened that didn't make sense. But I was willing to, like, let that go more. Yeah. To the overall story. Yes, um, I would all, agree all with All superhero it. films have. Yeah. Where you're like, uh, I don't think. Eh, that's, well, that's okay, a that's a stretch. But uh, yeah, no, I was I I don't know if my standards had just been lowered so much by Man <laughs> of Steel that I was like, eh, this was all right. Uh, but yeah, this was all right. I was trying to think about what works, and part of it was a more complex conflict than just bland <laughs> Superman <laughs> versus supervillain who just wants to destroy the Earth and terraform it into a new Krypton. Yeah. Which is a pretty boring conflict story. Yeah, story. So this one was a. Little this one more certainly complex. had more going on. <laughs> I don't know that I would claim this story was my favorite part of this either. Because mm. um, I kept there was a lot of times when I was just like, "What? What?" And so I think I enjoyed it because of the the filmic style and a lot of the acting was was leagues better than well i think that's part of the more of the nuance too you saw things happening with the actors although i don't think that i don't think that ben affleck brought much interesting to batman i still don't think that henry cavill henry cavill brings much very little i think ben affleck was a really good choice to play bruce wayne I don't know if he was a great choice to play Batman, but I think that's always the dichotomy you're trying to balance mm-hmm. when you cast one versus the other. Like, uh, I'm going to say Christian Slater, and that's Christian not the Bale. right name. I think Christian Bale was a much better Batman than he was Bruce Wayne. Um, it's the old Clark Kent versus Superman yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a totally understandable thing, but finding that balance is very tricky. And I still think Michael Keaton did maybe the best job at both, um, which is a little sad because that was a long time ago. But I think he did both very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ben Affleck did Bruce Wayne very well. I don't know that I bought him as Batman um, in that same sort of way. I think that Bruce Wayne was more heavily weighted in the story. Yes. Yeah, this Bruce, was a Bruce Wayne story. Bruce Wayne was doing some Batman things as... As Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne, yeah, um, it wasn't Bruce Wayne wasn't just a persona that he was taking on so that he could be Batman. He was still doing his investigations. Yeah, I, you know what? I got to give props to this. This is the first Batman movie I've seen in a long time where he's actually like 
detecting. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually yeah. being a detective. It's true. It's true. Um, rather, like, because I feel like he did almost zero detective in work in the Chris Nolan films, as an example. Um, and very little, to be honest, in the Tim Burton ones. Like, I, that wasn't really what it was about. It's just fighting the bad guys. Yeah. And the Schumacher ones were their own thing, and I love them for what they are. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I liked... I like Ben Affleck as, as Bruce Willis, and I like Batman as a detective. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, not Bruce Willis. Although they could cast Bruce Willis as Bruce Wayne. There have been worse choices. It's, yep. It's <laughs> a different conversation, though. Words are hard. Um, we should also mention, before we do, go too far in, we're going to spoil the heck out of this old movie. Like, you know, it's a few years old. We're going to say things. You should know by now that. Yep. First impressions. Yeah. Which, I don't know, could change. Yeah, we're always willing to be open to it. Um, but no, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I didn't dislike this movie. Well, you had seen this before, hadn't you? I hadn't seen the Ultimate Edition. I've okay. seen the regular edition. Um, and which, a difference. Which I only watched with Rift Tracks, um, because it was a full full cast Rift Tracks. Basically, every Rift Tracks contributor, of which there are like eight or nine all took a segment of the movie, and so they would like do twenty minutes and then pass it off and do twenty minutes mm-hmm. um, in in groups because there's like the core three and there's like Mary Jo and Bridget and there's it's not important the Rift Tracks mythology. <laughs> what are Rift Tracks for people who don't know? Uh, Rift Tracks are commentaries, commentary tracks for generally bad movies made by a group of comedians who. You, you, they put out an MP3 and you can pay five bucks and you can get it. And then you can sync it up with the movie and listen to people make fun of it. Not unlike Mystery Science Theater 3000 back in the day. Or currently, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 came back a couple years ago. And then it got canceled again. Which is pretty normal for Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's been canceled three or four times now. But... Uh, yeah, so I watched the I watched it with the riff tracks, and so I was not watching it as a film so much as an enjoyable experience of having some comedians tell jokes around a movie. Mm-hmm. But that was the theatrical cut, not the extended edition. And I think the extended edition is better. I think it added some nuance and some breathing room, um, which I didn't expect to say for a three-hour-long movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what my thought on this one was? What's your thought on this well, one? Well, one, it, it did feel like a marathon, and maybe it was because I'm always tired when we watch the movies anyways, but by the end I was exhausted it again was long. for a different reason than I was exhausted at Man of Steel. But yes. I kind of had the feeling in the way that the acts were structured that this was a movie that wanted to be a TV show. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what we've dealt with. <laughs> Usually we watch TV shows that want to be a 10 hour long mm-hmm. movie. But I think this, because the movie couldn't quite decide what it was going to be about. Yes. Is it going to be about Batman versus Superman? Is it going to be Lex Luthor versus Superman? Is it going to be Doomsday comes out of nowhere in the third act <laughs> yes like completely doomsday new. comes completely out of nowhere in the third act and it's still not and this is where i have to like i was okay buying out i was like i don't know what lex Luthor is doing oh yeah so i i wrote that multiple times like what did, like, why did lex do anything he, 
he messed with the DNA of Zod by putting his own blood on Zod, and then the Krypton ship was like, oh no, the DNA is messed up, we have to make this monster. Um, and, like, I have all kinds of questions, like, why did the Krypton ship do that? How did, like, Sleuther know that was gonna, like, be a thing? He pushed the button happen? on the ship and he learned. Um, I don't even know why Lex Luthor wanted Batman and Superman to fight. Like, I don't know what his goal was there. Uh, I think it was to kill Superman. That's okay. my best guess. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not a bad guess when it comes to Lex Luthor in general. Yeah. But you have these, like, different conflicts that were, like, competing storylines that you get more often in a t- TV show. Yeah, you, you have an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. Yeah, and that's what was happening here. <laughs> And they, you know, in different on a TV show, you'll have different ones take focus for individual episodes. But these were not even like building on each other. Like we can go back and say, oh, okay, Lex Luthor. Well, they don't. I don't even think they established in the movie that he doesn't like Superman. We're just bringing I mean, that. They kind of do. Like the the thing about the painting, we know the devils don't come from below; they come from the sky. Okay, but okay, so we have Lex Luthor. Doesn't like Superman. And manipulates Batman into getting angry or over the last two years in order to fight Superman, presumably to kill him with the Kryptonian that Lex Luthor wanted. I don't think he was banking on Batman. <laughs> yeah, stealing Batman stealing the, the kryptonite. Um <laughs> and then, like, I don't know, as a plan D, if that didn't work create this doomsday monster to destroy everything at which point he seems like the villain what is it in dnd that he's like wants the villain who destroys the world chaos you know the little the chart oh chaotic evil yeah yes he just yes. wants to destroy the world at that point yes because he can't control doomsday doomsday yeah, no, Lex, so it's fascinating because I think Lex Luthor as a character in this movie made zero sense. But I think Jesse Eisenberg played him perfectly. Oh, it was a great, great take I Lex Luthor. Like, I have, I, I have said before in my life that I think John Cryer's Lex Luthor was one of the absolute best of all time on and Supergirl. did that on Supergirl. Um, and this was a very different take than that, but it was up there in terms of quality. Like, it was not the same character, but it was fascinating to watch. It was fascinating. There were acting choices. You thought for a while you kind of knew where Lex Luthor was going with something, and then he just veered right off, and you weren't... <laughs> expecting it yeah um in in like acting or story <laughs> but it kept happening i was like okay 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 what, what? <laughs> yeah and but but jesse eisenberg played it to the hilt he nailed the whole thing every ridiculous step of the way uh and i appreciated that and it wasn't a straightforward like maniacal villain no until the end, but yeah, um, I think the idea of playing Lex Luthor as sort of a you know tech mogul startup mm-hmm. baby tech genius bro. is clever. Yeah, was effective. Relates to the now. Yeah, of... echoes of of course of Jesse Eisenberg playing uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg in the in Social that. Network. Although very different characterization, but I think yeah. that 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 looms over the portrayal a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you don't ask any questions about why Lex is doing anything, it works really well. 
It was it was fun. But and that was an example. Oh, I enjoyed that performance, and I definitely yes. wasn't feeling any of that in Man of Steel. No, or, heck, I, Lois Lane was a step up for a lot of things in this, in terms of her characterization and like being a reporter and like arguably was the connective tissue for a lot of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this thing still doesn't pass the Bechtel test by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but she was the closest thing to a central character over the course of it in that she was tied to the Superman story. Um, I think Felicity disagrees with you. Oh. Or has something to what, tell what you, you. What are we doing? Attack the toy, not yeah. my hand. There. Um, I don't remember what point I was making. but Lois Lane as a central character connecting Superman story. And the Batman story. Not as much the Batman, but the Lex Luthor stuff. And she was, like, also being a detective or being a journalist. Like, she was like, hey, this thing, this, you know hearing that we're having about the superman attack like does it match up with my experiences there's this weird thing with a bullet going on that's how it tied into the lex luther story um like what is this what's going on like actually being an investigative reporter in an in an interesting sort of way and solo and solo yeah she's just doing her job just doing her job following up on things well you just see more of clark kent as a reporter and i think that is more of a strength of this movie is that Clark Kent was being Clark Kent, not this nebulous thing in Man of Steel where he was trying to figure out what he is very blandly yeah. working up at like an up Arctic North in yeah. different jobs. I don't still really believe the relationship between the two of them. I feel like they have zero chemistry. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and Clark Kent stepping into the bathtub with his shoes on was wrong. And he should feel bad. I don't care if he's an alien and doesn't know our Earth cultures. Sorry, that bothered you so much. I didn't expect it to bother me, but it did. I was more concerned about the water. uh, Fair. So was Lois. And uh, flooding (laughs) the downstairs apartment. Yeah. Uh, I did have to kind of write off Lois in um, going to Africa to... Uh, interview like a, a general award. yeah the first question she asks him is, oh god are, are you, you a terrorist, terrorist? And it like was just, what <laughs> what a terrible question it is the sort of thing that i think snyder jumps straight into a conflict yeah and, and it goes back to the kind of editing <laughs> what's how did we get here um but that was another thing that was not believable at all but i was willing to look past it yeah I wrote the same thing. Like one of my first notes, like, "Are you a terrorist? Like, what kind of a question is that's that? What are how, we? That's never, not how you start an interview. It's not how any of this works with anyone. Uh, which is true of a lot of this movie. Um, my actual first quote was executive producer Steve Mnuchin. I feel like I remember that though. I, that doesn't surprise and, and, me. Yeah, I, I, I knew he. That's that, that's one of the ways he made money. Um, which kind of fits. Yeah, that he would be involved in. Yeah, these these movies, but um. <laughs> I mean, Zack Snyder is, as far as I can tell, a pretty like objectivist viewpoint sort of filmmaker. I you would, know, the Randian. Totally yeah. believe that. Yeah. 
and I don't want to make any broad claims about the diehard fans of Snyder, <laughs> so I'm just going to stop. I'm, I'm going to talk about the movie. I'm going to talk about, talk about the movie we watched. The movie. Um, I thought it was an intriguing introduction to Wonder Woman. I wish that that had gone further in yeah. her films. Yeah. Um, yeah, she worked really well in this movie. Uh I was trying to figure out like this was this was the introduction to Wonder Woman, yes. was it not? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then the first Wonder Woman movie is all about the picture and like how did that picture come to be, which I thought was an interesting right. tie in retroactively. Origin, origin, origin story. story for Wonder Woman leaving her island. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Themyscira. To go fight in World War One. Yes. Um so I think I think that worked. I think uh, this movie was apparently the introduction of the Wonder Woman guitar riff, which is something that, despite all my other problems with the Wonder Woman movies, I think is a great sound oh, I don't cue. Know about that, when, every time she shows up, you get this like I can't. I got the it. drums. I was okay. like, the drums. The drums were there to too. Me are yeah. Wonder Woman's. I wonder if, if sound. I can find. Yeah, the the there's a guitar riff that is like Wonder Woman, and. I guess this is where that came from originally. They use it a lot in the other movies, too. But she's kind of introduced through... She's also doing investigative work and crosses paths with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Who kind of kind of figures out who she is. But they're he also knows something's using up. her to introduce her to the characters that are going to come later in Justice League. Mm-hmm. So they were enticing previews, I think, of what's to come without feeling forced yeah. into the story. I'm just trying to get this theme. This is me playing YouTube into a microphone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so the guitar and the yeah. drums, yeah. Like that that great musical piece is very strong and something that like in my mind is up there with the Christopher Reeve Superman theme in terms of iconicness and like I don't think it's there yet but I think it absolutely could and should be especially if the Wonder Woman movies were better but first one is pretty good it has a lot of third act problems but what doesn't third acts are hard just ask Doomsday yeah although that really felt like a fourth act yeah (laughs) just just out of the blue villain no no lead up I mean, yeah, we see Lex, like, preparing it, but we don't understand why or what it means or... And we don't afterwards. No. Either. Um... Yeah, Lex Lex doesn't make a lot of sense as a, as a human. Um, what, right, but that, that's part of the character, too. Yeah. It's just you need to do a little more storytelling to help <laughs> the, the audience along. Mm-hmm. Um, is it... Part of the mythos that Metropolis and Gotham City are right across the river from each other? No, that's very new. <laughs> that that is... seemed a little too convenient. It was, yeah, no, they're... And also, like, okay, then Batman and Superman would be a lot more aware of each other <laughs> if they lived that close together. Yeah, no, that... So, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting point of context that is that it happened between the premiere of man of steel and the creation of dawn of justice batman v superman um which is one of the harshest criticisms or at least loudest i don't know if it's harshest harshest against man of steel when it first came out 
was that Superman killed a bunch of people in this big fight. There was, you know, laser beams flying around and they were destroying Metropolis. Mm -hmm. And the movie didn't care about that. And that is true. I don't, like, having watched Man of Steel, like, that didn't bother me at all. Because it very much felt akin to the rest of the film. Where Superman doesn't really care about anybody. (laughs) Um, But... I am of the opinion, and I don't know how true this is, that the opening of this movie, which is Bruce Wayne like living through that catastrophe, was a response to that critique of Man of Steel. Mm. That is my take, and I think that's fine. I don't know if that was always planned or if that was you know something they they decided to use as a story seed for Batman v Superman. Uh, but I don't remember where I was going with that. Well, okay. I don't know either, but I am going to say the opening sequence of Bruce Wayne experiencing the, the uh, Krypton attack on mm-hmm. Earth uh, was really good opening and also showing Bruce Wayne's where he's coming from and yes. wanting to control Superman and a fear of what he could do mm-hmm. to the Earth. And that was from the very beginning. And that's what I thought some of the story was a little stronger because of that nuance up against the the story where Batman's also judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. He has... Yeah. He is also deciding people's fates um, yes. without oversight, which is, like, a flaw that he doesn't <laughs> see that connection to what yeah. Superman can't do. I don't... I think something that was not explained well that I, I did not understand was why people in prisons would murder anyone with the Batman brand. Yeah, I didn't. That didn't make any sense to me. Like, I didn't understand the motivation of the people doing the killing. Like, I could kind of understand the motivation of Batman branding them as, like, a punishment sort of thing or, like, uh, you know, you've been judged. Mm -hmm. But why the other criminals would take it upon themselves to murder those people didn't didn't make any sense to me. Other than from a dramaturgical perspective to give Clark Kent a reason to start investigating this Batman thing. That she'd never really heard of, even though they live across, live across the, the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're across the bay, which is why Bruce Wayne had, you know, a Wayne financials building in Metropolis. Cause it's just, you know, next door. It's, just, it's a twin city sort of thing. He got there really fast when the, the terraforming started. Engine. Yeah. Uh, world engine. Yeah, because he, he was right. He was nearby. He was right, right there. I thought I, for some reason I was thinking maybe Batman had taken a few years off, and that's why Superman didn't really know about him. But I made that up. That yeah, was that's not, not in the movie. <laughs> didn't happen at all. It's a good. It's a good theory. It's a good head cannon. Well, you know, sometimes Batman <laughs> takes time off and goes somewhere because it's very tough to be Batman it's, and deal it's with hard the. To be Batman. Uh, psychological consequences yes of, of what he it's hard to be batman sometimes yeah. an interesting take on alfred yeah not quite so subservient yeah not, he's not subservient it was sequious but he's uh he was critical yes of, of bruce wayne and yeah um and batman in a way that was unique mm-hmm. in how i've seen alfred portrayed mm-hmm. before yeah, a lot of the a lot of the character interpretations were really strong. 
um, heck, Perry White was better in this movie. Yeah. He wasn't great, but he was better. There was more happening so that the stars, because there are a lot of big names. Oh, yeah. Well, Jeremy Irons was Alfred. uh, Yes. Perry White. Lawrence Fishburne. Was Lawrence Fishburne. Diane Lane again. Yeah. Martha. Martha Clark. Um, No, Kent. Yeah, um, one of the Marthas. So they felt better used. Yes, star power, more interesting to yes. watch at least, and not just and big names for the sake like, of like, it. Could have been anybody. Yeah, there was nothing. Nothing to do. Nothing to be. Uh, so yeah, they brought a lot of those. Uh, the Martha thing was very silly, um, which I've I've known because that was in the original movie that I saw, and it was also like a meme at this point. Um. Now there's even jokes about uh, Godzilla versus King Kong culminating with Godzilla saying, save Mothra. Our mom has the same <laughs> name. Look, we can bond over something. Yeah, like, story-wise, it's fine. It worked. Like, it's a humanizing moment for Superman, which Batman didn't ever see him as a human. Um but it also very much felt like Zack Snyder was like, hey, they have the same name for their moms. How neat is that? That will make them come together. Because <laughs> uh, that was just a little goofy. Um, I think Superman exists in this weird spot where he is powerful enough. I never play up his speed in these two movies, which I think is interesting. True. Um, I don't know if that's an intentional choice. They or if they're, do they're, show him getting from place to place, like he was very in Metropolis quickly, to yes. Mexico City to save, from just seeing it on TV that there yeah. was a big fire, and he was there instantaneously. Almost. That's true. So, I just, I, like, again, Juarez, what Lex maybe. does in the movie doesn't ever make any sense, but like, oh, I've kidnapped your mom, but don't bother finding her because I don't know where she is. Like, Clark can fly faster than the speed of sound, and has x-ray vision. Like, if he wanted to go find his mom within an hour, he could just tell Lex, yes, I'm going to go fight Batman, and then go get his mom. Like, again, none of that made any sense, but that's fine. Yeah, there were things I was willing to... <laughs> to deal with. To overlook. Because the character work was strong enough that it was fine. Well, and there was some little, like, conflict in Superman about rescuing his mom or killing batman in order to rescue his mom he did have a moment (laughs) where that yeah um, was was uh, he was conflicted he was a little conflicted yes which i think goes to that critique of the previous film where he just kills people (laughs) although he's it's in self-defense. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of arguments as to, like, why it's not a big deal. Like, it is a big deal. But the within the genre of superhero movies, like, two superheroes beating each other up in a big city is not a new invention. Um, so I never quite really understood that as an argument. Like, it's not good, but... It's not like Superman was like, oh boy, I can't wait to murder all these people with my big fight. Um, Although the Doomsday fight was explicitly said to be taking place on an uninhabited island. I think 
with those criticisms in mind again. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's, he landed on an uninhabited island where we can go punch him real hard. Yeah. Also, the just con- continuity between um, in Man of Steel, they destroy Metropolis. Yeah. Um, they they crash a lot of high rise buildings, and I don't think they would have built them back in eighteen months. Yeah, <laughs> that quickly <laughs> and effectively. Um, yeah. What about Batman using guns? I'm fine with it. Like, it doesn't bother me in in that it is clearly the decision that was made for this character. Like, it wasn't an accident. Like, this Batman is very practical. Um, in that he is going to do whatever it takes to accomplish his goals. And a lot of times, that's a gun. I... The only time I really remember seeing it, though, was when he was in the dream getting the yeah. gun. That's where it was very obvious that he was using guns, but it was also in a dream. So Yeah, I the, the prophetic dream was real weird. It went on too long, because I was, <laughs> kept going, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, because Zack Snyder does these sudden jumps <laughs> in story and location that I thought it was a dream but it wouldn't be outside the purview of snyder to be just we've jumped 30 years in the future now <laughs> something yeah well something and then there's else. a dream within a dream because he also dreams about the flash maybe or maybe that wasn't a dream yeah um i having had a bit of justice league spoiled um it's heavily implied that it's not a dream that it is a like prophetic vision um which is definitely not one of batman's superpowers <laughs> But I'm also, again, like, fine with that as a choice. Like, okay, sure, this Batman can see the future sometimes, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with magic being sprinkled in here and there. I mean, yeah. Wonder Woman is close to magic. Yeah, Wonder Woman is magical. She's just magical. She's, she's close to magic. There's no... She doesn't age. It's not from a scientific experiment gone no. wrong or right. She's just, she's got she's just magical. She's a demigod. Yeah. Um, that's just how it works. That, that was fine. Aquaman can breathe underwater. Why? Because he's part fish. Yeah. Um, but that's only the only time. He did have, like, I wouldn't call it a gun. I'd call it, like, a grenade launcher to get the, like, little uh, kryptonite. Kryptonite gas. Yeah. Grenade of gas. Yeah. Gas grenade. Um, Which I thought was a clever way to deal with the Batman v Superman fight. Um, the actual fight itself wasn't super impressive to me. Well, because Batman didn't have any thing going for him physically where he was ever gonna. Yeah, and like that's always Superman. been the truth about a Batman v Superman fight. Like, oh, he's got kryptonite, and it's like, yeah, but Superman could launch him into the sun. <laughs> like, there's no like balance there. But as a cinematic way to like add balance, having him inhale kryptonite gas and make him. Th- temporarily somewhat weaker so that batman's mech suit could could fight him the iron bat yeah i didn't know how batman was moving in that metal suit it looked very cumbersome yeah for him well it looked like it should have been cumbersome he moved around in it just fine <laughs> movie magic movie. movie magic it's just the whole thing with cgi it's fine I still think having watched The Boys on Amazon Prime has forever altered my perception of Superman. <laughs> what if Superman bad? Yeah. Oh, no wonder Bruce Wayne's upset. Like, he really is a world killer mm-hmm. and could destroy 
Uh, that is that is scary. What if Superman Goes makes bad. bad decisions? <laughs> yeah, you so, can't you can't trust him. Like you it, shouldn't have to trust him. This makes me watch it very differently than I think I would have watched it in 2016 when it yeah. came out after seeing the boys. Yeah, and I think I think this is a film that is trying to engage with that to a certain extent. I don't know that it ever comes to a conclusion or has much new or interesting to say about it, but it is kind of like maybe it's a bad thing to have a Superman. Maybe there's there's a lot of individual moral choice on on the part of superman that yeah has to like if, if he didn't grow up as a kansas farm boy things might have been not so great mm-hmm. uh maybe they weren't i don't know yeah i mean i don't think this is a top tier superhero movie it's not one i would like really go back and watch mm-hmm. again but but still pretty good. I mean, again, com- coming in from Man of Steel, uh, it's all right. I enjoyed it. I was engaged. Um, I, um, I don't want to say did it was... feel three hours Yeah, by. it was it was long. I I think you should have saved Doomsday for the second movie. <laughs> well, I, I think it may have worked as a TV show. Spacing yeah. out, or, um, expanding some of the storylines, mm-hmm. and you could have made it into... Well, from what I've heard, the ultimate edition is generally considered to be better than the theatrical cut. That almost never happens. That almost never happens. Uh, because usually you cut it for reasons. The director does need some limitations. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, because at, at one point in time, Zack Snyder's Justice League was going to be released as a series of four one-hour episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that got changed because the fandom was like, no. Maybe that's how we should watch it in one hour chunks. No, we're going to watch it all at once in 4-3 in black and white as Zack Snyder intended. <laughs> well, Kevin Kevin brought up watching the Zack Snyder cut in both the color, and black, color and, white. and black and white when it came out. And I said, no, you get to choose one. <laughs> one version. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll love it. And you'll go, you know what? I want to watch that again in black and white. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a I could. possibility. I could look. We've we've already improved. We can wait until the black and white version we can. comes out. I'll, we'll see. I don't know which one I want to watch. I haven't made up my mind yet. Because uh, this was this was fine. It was a fine movie. It's it's probably the best Zack Snyder movie I've seen. Um, which is not saying a lot, but. Better than 300. Yeah, I haven't seen 300 or Watchmen. Oh, 300's bad. Watchmen is bad. Man of Steel That's is what bad. You yeah. yeah. And I, I stand by those opinions. Uh, Watchmen is bad because Zack Snyder fundamentally misunderstands what the comic is trying to do. Hmm. Um, which I think, because this is not a direct adaptation of things, like it's using other people's action figures, but. Uh, because it's not a direct story adaptation of anything else. I mean, isn't there a Batman v Superman storyline in DC Comics? Not like a single one. Like they have oh, fought okay. multiple times in the past. And Doomsday is is a comic event that was that led up to the death of Superman, um, which was a big deal. And so as soon as Doomsday shows up in any medium, you know Superman's Superman going to die because um, that's just what doom doomsday exists as a character in the comics 
not like in the story of the comics, but in like the meta narrative of like making comics and Marvel, not Marvel DC, like writing these stories. The only reason Doomsday was created was to kill Superman. Like there was no deeper knowledge. And he wasn't even like based on Kryptonian DNA or Zod or anything like that in the comics. He was just uh, a creature that evolved to be super strong and get stronger the more he fights. And so he did that. And then he came to Earth and he killed Superman. And everybody fought him and everybody was trying to stop him. And the only person who could stop him was Superman, but he died in the process. That's, it was not a great storyline in the comics. So it was adapted fine here in that it was not worse. <laughs> but it was, it was a rating stunt. So we're going to kill off Superman. And then we did. And then we got to have the death of Superman. That was a big deal. That did feel like it was baiting for Justice League. Yeah. Having Superman die at the end mm -hmm. via Doomsday. Like, people are going to watch because they know Superman's in the next one. They yeah. want to know how he comes back. Although I will say, the initial marketing for, like the, like, the posters and trailers and stuff for Justice League did a good job of not broadcasting that Superman was going to come back. Mm -hmm. um, that is no longer the case, as we've seen from the various ads with Superman all over them, but... Um, like, everyone knew he was going to come back, because of course he is. And if you'd followed the media at all, you'd known that, like, uh, the actor was back on set. Right. Well, superheroes... They don't death, die for long. Death is, is <laughs> never final. It's a road bump. <laughs> in, in, uh, in comics. Yeah. Which is something, back to the boys, the comics boys, makes me... is something that is very funny to me that is never addressed in the show, or hasn't been addressed yet in the show is that when a superhero dies in the comic book, The Boys, um, Vought just pumps them full of Compound V and turns them basically into like an ambulatory zombie mm. and just posts them out for like book signings and things like that um, so that then nobody ever really dies. But oh, you I actually can kill them. It doesn't come in the show at all. But it was a joke about the fact that superheroes never die for long, uh, which is also true of these movies. And honestly, I think it is just a matter of time before Steve Rogers and should I, should I say that sentence? <laughs> Are you spoiling a new genre? I'm spoiling a different movie. Spoilers for Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's just a matter of time before Steve Rogers comes back and Tony Stark comes back. Uh, maybe not played by those actors, but they're going to come back. They're going to, they're not going to be dead forever. I just... Just my very strong opinion. That's how that's how death works in yeah. superhero land. Yeah, I think they might wait more than a movie, like they did for Justice League. <laughs> Let him be dead for a movie. But, uh, yeah, and that, that some of that is also contingent on getting those actors to come back. I don't know. I think Chris Evans will be Captain America until he actually dies. Um, whether he wants to be or not. We will see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, other thoughts? Do you have other thoughts, Amy? I think that covers my thoughts. Um, I got most of these. Bruce Wayne. Pro. Fleet vision? Okay. I'm talking about his glowing prophetic eyes. Prophetic vision. That's what oh, that was. Okay. Prophetic. Yes, yeah, with flash. Uh, Granny's Peach Tea. That didn't make any sense. Holly Hunter was wasted in this movie. That's true. That's true. She was. That storyline meant nothing and went nowhere and didn't mean 
Like, didn't serve a that purpose. That was a sign that she knew that Lex was up to something. Yeah. But, like, why did Lex blow it up while Superman was there? Like, people were like, was Superman did, did, did this? Well, I thought that was the point, was to... Superman chose not to save them because he has x-ray vision and he could have seen a bomb. Yeah. And the wheelchair was lead-lined, so he couldn't see the bomb. Yeah. Although it was never established he was scanning the room no! <laughs> bombs. None of this was... Yeah, it was... Don't ask too many questions about why Lex did anything. Uh... Very tire-based workouts. Batman had very tire-based workouts. He was crossfitting. Like, he was crossfitting. <laughs> and of course, like Batman crossfits. Oh yeah, Batman like, crossfits. That, That's that not a surprise. Tracks, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, Martha is not nearly the goofiest thing in this movie. That is certainly true. The, the Martha moment. Uh, oh, all funerals should come with a mysterious stranger standing on a hill nearby. I just think that's it. That no one notices. That no one notices. Just, you know, like if I ever have a funeral, I want someone to hire a mysterious stranger to stand in a black suit off in the distance watching. Just just to add a little mystery to life. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's all I had. Why Doomsday was a question I asked, but we didn't answer that because we just decided not to answer questions about Lex. I guess we couldn't we couldn't carry through the Batman v Superman conflict to the very yeah well I mean like if you're gonna make a Batman v Superman movie you're gonna have to have Batman and Superman fight and then make up and then unite against a common enemy like that's an established thing Mm -hmm. I get it but it could have been better I don't know Uh, I was reminded of one of my favorite quotes about this movie when it first came out which is uh, if only. They had a, a weapon to kill Doomsday with that was designed specifically for throwing, like, I don't know, <laughs> a spear. A spear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought enough. that was... Or, you know, what about the other Superman-level powered person who's standing right over here that won't be killed by holding the spear? No, we're not going not gonna to give it to Diana? No? Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. <laughs> because... Like Man of Steel, so many things in this movie happen because they're supposed to happen, not yes. because they make sense. But it bothered me less. It bothered me less. So they were doing something better. Yeah, and honestly, it made me more excited for Justice League. Not the not the middle one by Joss Whedon. I'm less excited for that one because that's going to be cut down and probably feel confusing and rushed. But uh, but for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I'm a little more excited for it. Never, never thought you were going to say that. I never thought I was going to say that. I, I, but I want it to be evidence that I'm willing to go into movies that I don't think I'm going to like, hoping to like them. I think that's a good example of this. Sometimes I feel like we can be a little misanthropic when it comes to film. No. But we try to like the movies we watch. We do. That's all I had to say. Anything else? No, you want to talk about a Patreon? Yeah, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to us at patreon.com slash five degrees and support us. You can give us a buck an episode if you feel like it. We don't have a set release schedule, but uh, roughly once a week. But you can, of course, cap your monthly donations at whatever amount you feel like. In case we suddenly go podcast on a podcast bonanza. That's the word I was looking for. And release too many podcasts. And you're like, whoa! I don't want to support you that much. I'll give you like a buck an episode if you do like two episodes a month, not like 30, which is totally fair. Uh, you get super duper 
unedited episodes of the podcast of the same content, but with more at the beginning and end before I cut the microphone, turn it on, to on turn it off, because uh, that's as much willing work as I'm willing to put into it. Uh, you also get the list of movies we didn't watch in a given episode. Uh, for for a while, we're doing the Snyderverse, so yeah, you know what's coming. Although, our Patreons knew we were doing the Snyderverse before anybody else did. Because once we made the decision, I put a post on our Patreon that was like, hey, here's a secret, we're going to do the Snyderverse movies. Uh, So if you give us a dollar, you might know that in the future. I mean, you know it now, but like if it happens again for some reason. Uh, But I often will give Amy a list of movies to pick from, and she'll pick one and we'll watch it. And I'll share the movies we didn't watch. And sometimes they show up again, because that's what we do. Uh, those are the big things. The podcast will always be free, like podcasts should be. You can drop it into any podcatcher. And if you have a podcatcher, why don't you rate and review us on that podcatcher, and then tell three friends about it, and ask each of them to tell three friends about it. And once you've done that for four levels, you'll be the super platinum level of our triangle-based uh referral model all right all right (laughs) no pyramid schemes here Uh, no it's not a pyramid it's a triangle okay yeah that's that's the first clue that you're in a pyramid scheme is when they make a big point to tell you it's not a pyramid scheme pyramid schemes are illegal what we're doing isn't so it must not be a pyramid scheme right sorry off topic when are we on topic i don't know uh, did I miss any of the important things I'm supposed to I say at the end of the episode? The yeah. important things. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us, watching movies with us. We do. It's a lot of fun. We're going to keep having these conversations, whether you pay us or not. But if you want to pay us, by all means. We like that. All right. Well, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.